Hi, and welcome to Thinking Out Loud. This is Marianna. And Elizabeth. Hello. Hello. Welcome home. home? Thanks. Yeah, I'm home. You're home. Back in your home. Not to my I home, am. but welcome nope. home. Thanks. You too. How was your conference? My conference was really good. It was really good. I um, It was a completely different experience than last year, and really? I can explain that more. Um, yeah. it that were different this year um but so listeners if you don't know i went to the utopia conference in nashville tennessee last week it was from like thursday to sunday um and utopia is largely comprised of indie authors with a smattering of traditionally published authors um and then um cover designers editors, formatters, all different kinds of people um, that are there at this conference, and then readers, too. Um, And so anyways, last year was my first year attending, and oh my god, that conference is awesome for lighting a fire under you to, to do this thing called publishing. It's that point where you're like, okay, so you know, I've been telling other people that it's totally possible for them to write a book and for them to publish a book and, you know, do all these things. And and now I'm like, oh, yeah, it's possible for me to do that, too. <laughs> that was my big aha last year. Um, and so that was really cool um, to go and do that. But it was even cooler to go back this year because this year I had friends. Like, last year I was terrified. I was so anxious. I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know a single person. I'm going to be such an odd duck just standing in the corner staring at people. And um, and I was pretty awkward, but I still ended up making some friends. And then I went back this year, and, like, there were people that were happy to see me and, like, came running up to me to give me a hug and tell me, you know, how awesome it is to, like, see me. Some of them to say, you know, to meet me in person because we're, like, friends on Facebook and stuff and have been cheering each other on all year to do this writing thing it was really cool I was like look it's my tribe (laughs) isn't that a strange experience when you meet someone in in real life person as I call it that you've been following on Facebook and so you know you wonder where you start you wonder if you should ask so how did that surgery go or if you should just say oh hey by the way my name is And it's nice to see you in real life person instead of on the social media. Well, so like there's some people, I mean, I don't know. I I think maybe there's like a level of, um, uh, I think there was a book written about this actually a long time ago too, about emotional IQ, Um, the EIQ. um, I'm going to look it up too because um, I feel like it's relevant. But anyways, it's like... um, yeah emotional intelligence and it's so it's sort of like that thing where you like some people have it and some people don't right where you you can discern whether or not you can get that personal with somebody because there's like there are famous authors that I'm friends with on Facebook like literally friends not just following their page you know but like they're not the kind of people that I would just run up to and be like (laughs) hey you know so your kids at blah blah you know I just like you you wouldn't do that because I don't really actually know them and it's like it's easy to to understand that um but then there's also people that I'm friends with on Facebook 
through this conference or when people connected to this conference that it's different and you can tell it's different based on the level of conversation that we have on Facebook. It's not like they're just blasting things out and I'm reading it so I know about them and I'm blasting things out and they're reading it so they know about me. That's like, you know, that weird like what do you talk about thing and maybe you just don't and pretend like you're strangers meeting for the first time. But the people that you like you know, you're up late at night writing and you're chatting with somebody about the experience um, and it, it goes to a deeper, a little bit deeper level there. Those are the people that you can run up to and tackle hug. Right. <laughs> because you're like, we've been in this together and we like connected. It's not just a social media can maybe make you feel like you have a connection when you don't. But it's if you take a moment to really think about it, you can figure it out. Right. So you have these different levels of interaction that you have with people. So, you know, I might be reading someone else's feed more closely than they're reading mine. And I assume because I'm following their life that they're doing the same for me. Right. But without those chatting experience or liking or comments, you don't really know. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Where you fall. I mean, you might be muted for all you know. Exactly. And that, I think, is an important distinction and like knowing that. Um, so, so, which is the, which is why it's important not to have just Facebook friends, but real life in person friends too. It's true. It's true. And to go to these places where you see them. I mean, and so like for you and me, like we've never actually met in real life. Oh, that's a good point. Actually, we have never (laughs) met in real life person. This is true. But I think I would call us like actual friends, like in real life friends, even though like we've never. We text. That has to be something else. And we have a weekly phone date. Exactly. And we share with whoever wants to listen. <laughs> Which is, you know, of course, it's exactly... Um, it's exactly the same. Right, right, right. I mean, if but, we lived closer, we would go over to each other's houses. Oh, I'm sure we would. I'm Our sure dogs would. would go running and walking. I mean, we would go running and walking together, right? Yes, absolutely. If there weren't this great divide <laughs> of the continental U.S. in between us. Absolutely. Literally, we're on opposite sides. <laughs> um, so, but so, so Utopia. So it was it was different because of that, like having in real life friends now um, that I could go back to and that I could see and that I could um, connect with. And I think actually it was easier to um, to talk down my anxiety monster because I felt like I belonged there this yeah. year, where well, like the imposter monster says you don't belong there you've never published anything you're not a real writer you're not a real editor you know all those things but this year I'm like no guys <laughs> that's not true shut up monsters because like I do belong here and I'm it's okay not only that but in your hand you were holding a book that you helped edit and publish yes yes and write yes and so you could just say um look at here <laughs> exactly see what you see so I think this is uh incredible because last year you and your tribe kind of came up with this idea of this compilation and a year later you actually did it everybody got their work together and you know quieted their their own monsters so that you were able to accomplish that project in one year which is amazing and we're gonna do it again next year nice and probably you'll be you'll do it more quickly this time Probably so. There are going to be a few changes to it, I think, um, and in the people that were organizing it. So hopefully that will help things be more smooth. 
Um, well, overall. everybody should take a turn, like trying to organize it because that's, I agree. that's well, really hard. Actually, they're, um, they're hoping to, because last year there was like one person that pretty much did everything and she just didn't want anybody to help her because that's how she is. She, she wants to do it all herself and blah, whatever. That's fine. Um, but this year I think they're going to like open it up more to people who want to, like dive in and get up to their elbows and figure it out. So well, and it provides a good opportunity for those people who don't have formatting experiences. Experience yes. to do that exactly, yeah. exactly. So I'm hoping to. I mean, I'm, I'll probably still do some editing, um, like I did last year, but also do um, some other aspects of it as possible as much as possible. So, so this is an interesting conversation for me because when you first went to Utopia, I was kind of under the impression that you were going as an editor to try to potentially get more work but now it sounds oh, like and I was okay. and I still was but now you're having this experience as a writer too yes but so like I um I mean so that's that's me I'm both things right yeah so like, and I, you have to, I don't want to be one at the exclusion of the other you have to so. figure out how to coexist with this dual identity that you have and I think that's something that a lot of people aren't comfortable with so you have you know it for instance in our NaNoWriMo group you have these people who have day jobs you know that don't often admit that they have these this uh right at night kind of personality (laughs) you know as if it's a hooker or you know something like that I'm like no no like share that with the world because that's a a very central part think about how many hours you're putting into this every week and that's a really important part of who you are and you haven't shared this with anybody yeah yeah so I um um I like walked that uncomfortable line for um most of the time that I was at this conference because when I talk to people because I like it's the reason I went to the conference is because I'm building my professional network um then I needed to talk about both parts of me simultaneously almost so like I um I went around the conference room there's like uh one room that they had that's the exhibit hall where they had a bunch of people who had tables um to sell their books you know or to talk about the um the different things that they do book design that kind of thing um and I had ordered a bunch of bookmarks for my novel and then I have a whole bunch of business cards and I was like sitting there hiding behind one behind the debut collective table and just kind of like not I'm talking to people as they passed or whatever but not really doing that and then I was like you know if I leave here with a bunch of bookmarks and a bunch of business cards I'm gonna be really disappointed in myself and uh, so I just got up and I like picked up all of my stuff off of the table that it was on and like went around the room and just stopped every single person that I walked past and I was like I introduced myself I was like this is who I am I'm an I'm an author and I'm also an editor and so here's my business card and here's my book and you know then like some people were like oh well, what's your book going to be about when's it come out and I had to like fudge through the when's it going to come out part because I really hope it's going to come out in the fall um, because I already hoped it was going to come out in June and that didn't happen um (laughs) so but like you know just moving forward and like saying who I am and saying like what I'm doing and 
where I'm at and what my book's about. And yeah, it was a, it was kind of challenging and I was really sweaty by the end of it, but I got rid of all my bookmarks (laughs) and all the business cards that I had had on me that day. I think I had like one more box of them when I came home. So I was proud of myself. Right, because if you're really sweaty at the end of it, then you know you've done good work. <laughs> exactly. It's a hard work. You know you push yourself all the way out to the edge of your comfort zone. I mean, that's how I judge running. <laughs> it's true. Which in Columbia right now, I mean, you can just like go to the mailbox and back and get real sweaty. So, so the, the problem here is that like you don't get sweaty, you just evaporate. Right. It's like, what do they call it? Sam would know where it goes from water to steam. A like, condensation. And, yeah, or from ice to steam. What's that? That's trans... Transpiration. Transpiration, yeah. Thank it's like you that. teaching the water cycle <laughs> to second graders. Right. It's like that, though, and you're just like, poof, up in a cloud of smoke. Because it's hot and dry, so dry. But, oh. oh, I remember that. We went out to a conference in, I think in the summer, to Vegas, Oh, God. And, like, you... Vegas in the summer is, like, the pits of hell. Well, I think it was probably spring, but, you know, heading into summer. But, yeah, Uh I mean, bloody noses and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so, so dry. And then you, um... Our humidity-based South Carolina blood. Yeah. Humidity-based. You don't get, um... In Vegas, especially, like, at night, it doesn't even really cool down that much. It's still like 90 degrees out at night. And people still want to go there. It's crazy. Yep. Real estate's booming. Okay, so how is the um, hangover, the conference hangover this week? Um, it's, it's touch and go. Yeah, shocking, <laughs> I've been, like, isn't it? Shocking. really trying to get myself back on track with my work, and it's been kind of a struggle, but I think right here at, like, the last moment I'm getting there. Um, to get because there's a project I really wanted to finish by tomorrow and I'm like I'm getting there um, but and then I so I extroverted pretty hardcore while I was there right and right I was really exhausted by the time I got home um, yeah like my my travel companion she was like so let's and I'm like nope I'm not gonna nope no, <laughs> she's no. like but we could no no, no I'm staying home I really appreciate your traveling with me. Okay, so my travel companion in the form of the seven-month-old. Yes. Yeah, I, you don't realize what it does to you, really. And <laughs> I I mean, I'm, I have more extrovert in me than you do. Uh-huh. That's, that's for sure. But I'm not, like, completely extroverted, as, which would be surprising to some people. Mm. So the kid... He's pretty extroverted. He's a social baby. You yeah. know, he likes, if you stay at home all day, about four o'clock, he needs to go and see something besides the <laughs> inside walls of the house. So that part, I think, came from me. But it has been so difficult to get him back on a schedule of where there are not people constantly around all the time and noise and, and all this stuff. And I kind of think as I've been watching him, I'm like, oh, this is why I have such a hard time with it, too. Uh huh. It's the constant busyness, but also exactly what you're talking about. Having that community where you belong, where you can be yourself, where there are other people who are walking around who go through the same thing that you go through Mm -hmm. every day is powerfully affirming. It really is. 
And so when you come back home and you're looking at your bookshelves, you're, you know, and your pets, like, you love them, but they just don't really get it, what you're going <laughs> through, you know? Yeah. And so I think this is something that I've I've thought about because I, di- I didn't think about the way that it would impact the seven-month-old as much as it did. We've done conferences before, but not a, with this. I was gone for a week. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you're talking about two and a half days, three days, like a week. Uh, it was four days for me. Four days with the travel. Wednesday through Sunday, so that would be almost five days. But Yeah, it wears on yeah. you. It does. And, I mean, they had events up until, like, 1030 at night. And I'm going, I yeah. don't stay up till 1030 at night anymore. They went later with ours. Like, those girls, they're, they're crazy, man. There was, like, karaoke until, like, 1 in the morning one night. And then, like, after the award ceremony, there's a dance party. And the award ceremony ended at 1130 at night. Oh, my gosh. And we had to get up at 3 o'clock to get to the airport on time for our plane. And the girls that I was rooming with were like, we're going to go party. And one of them, two of them were going to the airport at the same time as me. And I was like, you guys have fun. I'm going to bed. I might not get much sleep, but I am getting some sleep. Yeah. But it does. Yeah. I was just like, what the, what is going on here, people? I just don't, I can't do it. Can't do it. Well, and I think, um, so I was at a book signing for Stacy Sargent as part of this conference, and it was so awesome that people walked in and said, is this another book? Because I loved your last book. And uh-huh. she said, oh, not yet, not yet. This is the same one we had last year. But we were able to sell some and, and widen her audience, which was so exciting. But she was talking about the same thing that you're talking about, about how it made her nervous. And she's like, uh-huh. I'm really glad you're here saying you should buy this book. And I was like, it's what I do. <laughs> now we'll see if I can do this with my own book. I don't know. Well, I hope you can. You better. If not, I'm going to have to find an agent, which is going to be really interesting if someone has a, for an independent publisher. And oh, maybe Sam. Maybe Sam will do it for you. I wonder if he would be my agent. <laughs> I know he would be yours, but I don't know if he would be mine. <laughs> He should good, be. It's a good question. I'll ask him that. Yeah. So, but um, so back to back to conference and all things conference. Um, one thing I want to mention is speaking of like the personal connections that I make. I mean, I like I have a giant pile of business cards to go through, right? Business cards and people's bookmarks from their books that came out that I want to like investigate or whatever. Um, but I have a list on my phone. I made a, like a little notes list of people that I need to follow up with because that's the important thing. The super important thing about solidifying connections from a conference is follow up and not just by making friends on Facebook, right? Like I wrote these people's names down. I wrote down things about them, the key things that I wanted to know, like, like, um, this one person is, um, the editor in chief for a small publishing company. Um, and then this other person. That I sounds familiar. To, yeah. Yeah. More more small edit publishing companies. Anyways. Um, and then like this other person, um, she gave a talk about depression that actually I took issue with. Um, but And so I want to follow up with her um, because there, there was like a window of opportunity where she like 
spoke to me afterwards about something and we didn't talk about her talk and the problems I had with it but I was like well now I can email her and you know like discuss those things and it will be better um, than like me breaking down into a pile of frustrated tears while I was talking to her at the conference um, so but you know just different people like that and then the friends that I have that I just want to like email and say it was so good to see you again and I'm like can't wait for next year and you know those kind of things so yeah but so it's important to just because you get somebody's business card I guess that's where I'm going with that is just because you get somebody's business card does not mean you're going to remember why you want to talk to that person again um, so it's always good to take notes um, for yourself so that you remember a week from now or two weeks from now. But And you shouldn't wait till like, you shouldn't wait more than two weeks to follow up with people either. Like maybe give it five or ten days, but not more than two weeks. Right. You gotta, you gotta let them overcome their conference hangover too. Exactly. Let them read through their giant pile of emails and exactly. then yours will show up on top. <laughs> That's right. You don't, you don't want to be in the slush email pile. Exactly. So this is a, this is interesting, I think, because you can go to an experience like that, and you can have this awesome, incredible fire under you. You can be so excited. You can even, you know, stay up till one o'clock and do all these things that you don't normally do. And then when you get home, there's a very real possibility that all of that goes into the trash can if you don't do exactly what you're saying. So yes. you have to use the fire that was lit under you to actually create warmth to create energy for sustainability you know to yes. to further your business to further your career as a writer whatever it might be but to make those connections and i think this is what you did so beautifully last year which made this conference experience even better is that you created that network and that community or tribe as you call it that sustains you through to the next one. So you have an anticipation and a excitement going into the conference because you're seeing people, but it's more than that too, because it's what has sustained you through the tough times of writing and, you know, being an adult, being a human Yes, <laughs> in between exactly. those times. Exactly. And that's, but you don't, the other thing you don't want to do is just stay within that closed tight knit community and not expand it. True. To have another, you know, leaf or branch, whatever metaphor you want to go, whatever botanical metaphor you would like to choose. <laughs> yeah, so um, actually, actually, that's like another reason to go to more than one conference. Like, so Utopia is a good experience, but like, I'm going to Writer's Digest this year and then. Like, I was telling Noah, next year, there's a bunch of the people that I know from this conference, actually, from Utopia, um, are going to be going to London to ChapterCon, which is a new indie author conference Ooh. that is going to be starting in London. And so I'm like, oh, we could go to London for a business trip. How nice would that be, honey? I think but, we need to come along as my agent. Right? <laughs> I do wonder, though, how you do sales in a different country. I mean, I know um, how to do it online. I don't know how to do it in person. There's, well, actually, probably if you were to sign up as a vendor there, then I think they, like, give you the the links to information that you need for that. Because I know even when you're going into a different state, like, 
going to Tennessee, you have to get a vendor's license and stuff like that. So oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Sell your books there. Right. But if you, yeah. Anyway, so we'll talk about I'm that later. I'm sure it's but. the same kind of thing. I would assume it is. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because if you are, speaking from the vendor side of things, if you are registering as a vendor, some of these contra- conferences do ask that you pay a certain percentage to them, even after right. you've uh, bought a booth or whatever. So it's important if you're thinking about, as an author, whether to buy a booth or whether not to buy a booth to look into these the whole package of what it means and what it entails yeah. to be a vendor because if you are buying a booth if you're buying airfare if you're buying a hotel room all of those expenses add up and then if you have to also offer another 10% or even 5% off of your profits back to the organizing entity then it might not be worth it to buy a booth it might be worth it just to go and to meet people and you know to link to your sales or whatever that might be yeah well some people um do pre-orders to get around some of that too yeah so then like you you make sure that your people know and that like um if there's like a fan thread for the conference or whatever like for utopia there's a we are going to utopia fan thread um where you can like post that you have a link to pre-orders and people can um, sign up and pay for their books before they get there and then you also like you don't have that whole problem of trying to figure out how many books you have to bring with you because you already know these many people are buying and then you bring a, like a few extra as opposed to like needing to bring a ton of books and then coming back with a ton of books because you didn't you overestimated so yeah but but you know part of being an author is being savvy for these kinds of things especially right. promoting yourself right um, but when you're a first timer it's not always it's not always intuitive right so making sure that you do all of these things you can't just in other words you can't just show up and say i want a table <laughs> to yeah. sell your books it's a bit more complicated to that it is unless you're at a very regional conference and then you know a lot of times but the other and the other thing is that a lot of conferences they offer an author discount to a table. So as a publisher, I don't necessarily get that kind of discount. But if I'm going in support of an author, then you know we can secure that discount. So the, the I mean conferencing is something that's very beneficial, but also you have to think through. You know what is do a kind of cost analysis of is this worth my time and effort to go. Yeah, definitely. Because, and that's what you're talking about. And in order to make it worth your time and effort, you really do need to have that follow-up that turns it into business if that's why you're going. If you're going just for fun, that's great. But if you're going for business, you need to get business out of it. Right. It's true. Because those of us who tend towards the extroverted side can just be like, oh, but it's so good to go and feel the energy of all the people. And yeah, sure, that's fun. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's worth your investment of time. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, But it was good. It was good this year. Next year's theme is going to be circus freaks, too. Oh. Oh, water for elephants. It's called book freaks. But. It's going to be kind of awesome, I think. So, what was the theme this year? Because you ha- you were dressed up fancy one night too. Yeah. So this year's theme was "Fight for Your Right." W R I T E. Oh, 
that's clever. Um, so yeah, so it was all about rebellion, and um, we dressed up fancy because there were they they have the Utopia Book Awards every year, so um, that's like the Utopia Oscars or whatever, and everybody gets dressed up and goes. Um, so I wore my sparkly dress. I saw that. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. So there's another potential, you know, if there is a Utopia Awards for, you know, best first time novel or sci-fi or that's potentially somewhere that you can get some recognition too. Yes. It's always potentially, (laughs) it's always potentially there. Uh, I look at those things and I'm like, I would love to be like an award winning novelist, but then I'm like, how feasible is that actually? I'll just write the best book that I can. But like the, the those awards and there's a number of like online award groups that where they're like, how many votes can you get? You know, and it's I just always despair at my platform. But I think we've spoken about that with Sam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I do think if you're a first-time author and you have a book that fits a certain niche for an award, it's worth it to send a review copy. You never know. Yes, it's true. I mean, you don't necessarily want to send it to the New York Times bestselling list unless you have, like, super major connections there. Well, the thing is, that, I mean, the New York Times bestsellers is not an award, per se. It's a, it's a numbers game. So, like just sending somebody a review copy is not going to get you on a bestseller list. You have to sell the books. But Elizabeth, you get to put a circle on your book, so it's an award. (laughs) Sort of. But it's not an award in the sense that people are like, oh, this book was so good, I recommend it to all my friends. Well, they don't have to because the New York Times bestselling list is. (laughs) And then you can be a New York Times bestseller author. Right. I say this because only recently I've heard this comment again. But I, I mean, I just wanted to end up on the New York Times bestselling list. I'm like, you yeah. don't understand how that works. Right. You have to sell a lot of books in a certain amount of time for that to happen. Oh, and you don't understand how it works. Mm-hmm. And you, I know. And let me guess. But you, you can want, do it. You want a movie deal too, don't you? But you can do it. I mean, you you can. There were people at this conference that I was at that have all been New York Times bestsellers, and half of them are indie. But Sure, because that's opened up now. I mean, I think that is yeah. one of the things that's pretty cool. So, but, like, again, like, the thing is, it's sales, right? So, like, how do you get sales? You have to get people to review your book. You have to get people to talk about your book. You have to get people to buy your book all they all have to buy your book and they need to like it needs to be a big spike of sales all of a sudden and and yeah it's not always easy to do but before you do all that you have to actually write your damn book yes you do that is the critical part that a lot of people leave out yes you do yes 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 and a book again let us remind you is eighty thousand words about yes so speaking of writing your damn book, Camp Nano starts tomorrow. Yay! Um, and for anybody who's new and doesn't know, Camp Nano is um, a subsidiary of NanoRimo.org, which is um, National Novel Writing Month. And National Novel Writing Month officially is in November, and you write 50,000 words in 30 days. And Camp Nano 
is they have one in April and one in July, and you get to pick how many words you write in 30 days. Um, so it's not quite as much pressure, or it's like twice as much pressure if you want to go for 100,000 words in the month. It's totally up to you. Um, and so you can sign up. It's free, um, and you get motivational emails. You have uh, an online community of people that is doing the same crazy thing as you of trying to write as much as possible in one month. Um, and then you can also meet people in person um, and do the same thing. And so I'm using Camp Nano. Um, I'm going to finish revising this novel in two weeks. Whoa. It's going to be ready to send to you and to my critique partners by the end of the month. And then, and then you're going to go sing karaoke. Yeah, then I'm going to go do something. In your sparkly dress. And then I'm going to go do something. <laughs> um, but, yeah, gonna, so you can't, I... You can't hide under your under your desk after that. You no. have to go sing karaoke in your sparkly dress. Yes, but possibly after I pass out. No, actually, what's going to happen is July is going to end. I'm going to go to Yosemite for a weekend, and then I'm going to go speak in New York City at Writer's Digest Conference. And you're going to say, my book is under review right now. That's what you're going to yes. say. Yes, I am. Um, but So that'll be exciting. But so Camp Nano, people sign up and, and get some writing done. It's one of those things that, you know, like you can't sustain that kind of, well, some people can sustain that kind of writing effort, but the most of us mortals cannot sustain that kind of writing effort for more than like 30 days at a time without becoming crazy. But... Um, it's definitely worth at least experimenting with um, to just like put yourself back in that place of a daily writing habit for a while and press yourself to get through something um, to, to start or finish a project um, and see how far you can get and what you can do. Um, and I'm looking forward to it because, like I said, I need the kick in the pants to get this thing done. Otherwise, I'm just going to dawdle for the rest of the summer and then I'm going to be like, why didn't I finish it? Well, and who doesn't like a good bonfire at camp, right? Exactly. exactly. Why not have it light a fire under you to finish your book? Exactly. Um, so explain to us a little more for those who don't know about Camp Nano and how it differs. How do you set your goals? How do you sign up? Uh, if you go to campnanorimo.org, all one word, um, and that you can sign in. Um, it'll ask you to create a project, and so you can say it's untitled, or if you think of a weird title, give it a title. Then you can pick a word count goal, whatever you want. I think there's one person that I know that's doing like 3,500 words. That's her goal this time, and that's all she wants to do, so that's fine. And then there are people that are doing more than 50,000 words and that I know as well. Um, and then, um, so you, you do all of that, and then it'll ask you if you want them to assign you a cabin or if you want um, to be in a private cabin, if you want to start your own cabin, um, or you can be invited to be in somebody else's cabin. And what a cabin is, is like a little chat room for you and like 10 or 11 other people, I think, um, where you can be sorted by genre if you want to or um, by age level. Um, or, you know, by region if you want to as well, um, to just be in that group with those people who are all writing away and 
checking in and talking about the weird issues that they're having with their characters or whatever. Um, and so that's a little different than actual nano because actual nano, you have a region um, and there's like a forum where you can post topics, but there's not like a chat room. Um, there's no cabins per se. So yeah. So that's, that's the difference I think. Right. So if you have, okay, so say we have some people, I know we have some people who work NaNoWriMo winners, but they want to go back and they want to work on that project. Oh, I guess. Yes. So you can, you can revise things. You can work on things that are not fiction in Camp NaNo and it all counts towards winning per se. Right. So you can go into, I think it's like edit projects or something like that. And you can make this your, you know, the make a new goal. Yes. Yes. So like mine, um, if you look at my project, um, it says it's a revision. So because I, I marked it as a revision, I'm not writing, well, I'm probably writing new stuff as well, but um, a little bit of new stuff, but mostly it's revision. It's just putting things in the right place and making it sound nicer um, or have more, more of the emotions in it. Right, so this is a good opportunity to pick up what you started or whether you finished in November and light the fire under to keep working on it. Yes, because it's never it's never over until it's over. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, and if you so, missed April, like I did, I apologize, did. cabin. Uh, my- that actually happened to me too. I was I had all the best intentions, and then I dropped the ball on it and. So my cabin mates, which included you, <laughs> were all like, you know, just riding away and doing their thing. And I kind of did some stuff. Um, Actually, I did but, more than I thought I did, but I just didn't, I didn't update very well. Right. Right. So, well, that's the other thing for people that don't know about Nano is that every day you go in and you update your word count with however many words you wrote that day um, so that you can keep track of your progress. And if you're in a cabin, then you also have cabin statistics that you're trying to uh, contribute to. So it provides a a good, you know, authentic amount of peer pressure to... Yes, definitely. (laughs) To, again, make sure that you're doing what you want to do. And what a a great opportunity for this to come right on the heels of Utopia. Yeah, I know. And But that's what happened to me last year. Like, this is... So this novel started last year. um, And it started after Utopia... And, like, like there were, two, I guess last year Utopia was a week earlier um, or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but it was not the same weekend. It was, um, it was before the solstice because I think I got back on the solstice. Um, and so, like, there was an extra gap of time between the conference and the start of Camp Nano. And that's when Treya introduced herself to me, my character. Well, and I was like, oh my gosh, there she is. And I have this idea. And so I started like kind of mind mapping, story mapping it so that when July started, I could start writing her. So Yeah. And I, well, and it's, it's interesting because when you put yourself in these kinds of creative communities, then I think you open up your, your mind and, and your attention you know i was talking about at the conference that i went to about how how much brain space gets wasted on inconsequential stuff 
you know? Yeah. Like, um, grocery store lists, these kinds of things that go through your head or, oh my gosh, I need to change the sheets. I need to do these kinds of things. Or at least this is the way my brain works. Please give me a little bit of affirmation that there are other people out there who, your brain just works on things that it, they're important. Like you, you should change your sheets. You should clean your bathrooms. You should go to the grocery store and get food. Like these things are important, but when you're in a community where you don't, or you're away from your house or you're away from your kids or your, your partner or your dogs, and you know, that's being taken care of, it allows your brain to open up to these creative possibilities that we don't often allow ourselves in our routine, whatever our routine might be to experience. Mm -hmm. So when you go and you immerse yourself in that kind of creative community, and then you come back, then you take some of that creative, great creativity back with you. And you allow your brain to have this creative space that kind of gets squelched out sometimes. Yeah. And yeah, that's and what that's what Elizabeth Gilbert talks about in Big Magic is recognizing right. this this big magic that's going on every day around you and opening your brain up to that creative possibility. Right. Um, I like the the possibility part of it too because I think that there's it's one thing to open yourself up to creative in the first place. Um, to creativity but then like the there's also like like for me one of the big inspirations that I get from Utopia is that I can do this so like other times sometimes I'm like no I can't do this or I'm not allowed to do this or you know like that the imposter monster is like you're not really this you're not really a writer so I don't know why you think you can call yourself one or whatever but when when I go to Utopia um then I'm reminded that there are other people with more or less credentials than me that are just doing it. They're just being writers, they're telling stories, they're sharing their stories with their readers. And so like whatever voices in my head telling me I can't gets to go away and the world of possibilities opens up. So. Yes. Okay, so I was just Googling, you know, write your damn book already. Uh-huh. Um, so here's uh, the official site of New York Times bestselling author. <laughs> and I just, I, I really think that this is one of the important things, is that really anybody can write a book. I mean, lots of people have written books. Lots of people who shouldn't have written books uh-huh. have written books. So when you tell yourself that you can't write a book, you're putting yourself lower than some of the worst books out there. Yes, exactly. And that just can't be true. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it it can't be true if you've really taken the time to write. Right, exactly. Because the more you write, just like, um, what's his name? The 10,000 hours. The more you practice, the more you write. You got to get better at it. Yeah. But if you talk about writing instead of actually writing, then that's not going to get you anywhere. And a lot of people talk about writing without actually writing. Exactly. But you're not going to do that. I mean, you haven't no. done that. You've been writing no. over the past year, but this is it. Yes. Can't, okay, so one but year it's not ago, like It's not unreasonable to take a year to write a book either. And I probably could have done it in a lot less time if I hadn't let like so much dead time fall in between. Um, right, because you have to cut, catch back up and enter back into that creative world. Yes. But, so, like, there's there's parts of my process that could use 
um, some work and then there's parts of it that are just part of the process and you need to like let there be space between things as you're working on it. Right. Um, and I, so, I do. And yeah. this is an important part. It's a process. It's a journey. So, and some, I mean, I know some writers who say I woke up and wrote a book. Good for you. That's not how yeah. it's working for me. And it's exactly. not how it's worked for, worked for most people I've talked to. Right. Because in that process, as you allow your brain this creative space to write, to explore a character, to explore, if you're writing memoir, things about yourself and about what you've experienced, then all of that is going to reveal new truths. So right. if you follow Elizabeth or me on social media, you know that we both talk about this. We talk about, oh, so this is what was missing for my book, or this is what the scene that I didn't want to write, and today I wrote right. it because I had to write it because it was the scene that I knew subconsciously or maybe consciously was a part of this creative work, and I just couldn't write it because it was too difficult. So when you allow yourself that processing time, I really do think your work ends up being better. Yes, definitely. Although, like, some people can write fast and write good stuff. Like, my, my friend Patty Larson that um, I met at Utopia last year, she started publishing books in 2011, and she has published 75 books. Wow. And, like, some of them are short. It's, like, 100 pages, like, novella-type things, but 75 and she has like four or five different series or whatever that she just goes through and she's boom putting out story after story after story and it's she's like a machine i swear it's it's incredible to watch her and so like somebody like that you look at and you're like okay i'm going to aspire to do a tenth of what you do and i will be so happy with myself <laughs> you know so like yeah it's it's incredible well, but I would argue that she has a writing ethic that she's developed in order exactly. to produce and be that prolific. And yes. this is, okay, so I, I know I made fun of this article at the beginning, but this is actually exactly what this author, is, this New York Times bestselling author is saying, is you have to stay with it. You have to be, you know, dogged about it. So he says, there's plenty I could have done it instead, but I happen to like writing enough to keep at it beyond the point at which most others would have given up. Mm -hmm. Even those writers who had a fairly easy time of it from the start, got an agent on their first try, got a publisher on their first submission, had to keep slugging away, writing book after book until enough readers discovered them to make them a bestseller. Right, exactly. It takes an enormous amount of persistence and discipline. Exactly. And, and that's, I mean, that's just the truth of it. So not only do you have to have the perseverance and discipline to actually write the book, you then have to have the perseverance and discipline to send it to beta readers. Then you have to have the perseverance and discipline to edit the thing. <laughs> then you have to have the perseverance and discipline to send it out to people to see if they'll publish it or figure out how to self-publish it yourself. This, yep. I mean, this is a mind game, really, if you think about yep. it. It's a uh, how long before I freak out and run away. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And I can't, I can't figure out where the freak out and run away part ends. Yeah. I mean, you can choose to quit any time, right? You can also choose to keep moving forward. <laughs> I was going to say, you could also choose to unquit and pick it yes. back up and try again. And that's exactly. the beauty of writing is that you have that that's still there that you can go back to. Yes. And 
when you have done what you've done and what I've done, you have a community of people who have gone through the same thing and also welcome you back in. Yes, definitely. And that's wonderful, I think. Yay. <laughs> that does kind of sound like an ending. So let's let's make that. That's exactly how we plan to end this. And of course it is. Oh, right. Because we write our script here at Thinking Out Loud. Yeah. We know all of our talking points beforehand. Absolutely. <laughs> so what are you reading right now? Since we've been um, talking a lot about writing. So I knew you would be excited about this. But somebody gave me a copy of Rising Strong the other day. Woohoo! And said Speak you need to read this, and it's they. It was the same person who gave me uh, Daring Greatly. And she was like, "You need this book, and it's better than Daring Greatly." And I told enjoy you. it. I told you. So I was like, "All right, here we go." And uh, and I decided that I'm going to live tweet it, um, which would be more exciting if I read faster, probably. But we're just going to go with that. So there will probably be like random assortment of numbered tweets for me each day um, just from the quotes that I pull out of it that I appreciate and want to share with people so follow me on Twitter or Facebook and you can hear all or you can read all those things you can read the book along with me which you can do at where Uh, you can find me on Facebook at writing refinery um or at uh, author elizabeth kaufman or you can find me on twitter at writing refinery yeah so. and she you really should follow her she gives me encouragement to <laughs> to stay with it even when i don't Yay. necessarily want to so she's she can be your fire i can i will burn you in the heels or the you are my fire <laughs> yes it is mm-hmm. Is that, wait, whose song is that? Backstreet Boys? Mm-hmm. I'm going to look it up. Yes, there you we go. we got to put it in the show notes. Writing uh, uh, Refining can be that for you. <laughs> it's the Backstreet Boys. I was right. Oh, is it scary that I know that? Okay, so now we have uh, you going out to karaoke in your sparkly dress after this book is finished singing this song. <laughs> we now have your song. Okay. Will you live tweet that as well? Sure. Or periscope it? Sure. Yeah, I'll periscope it. There you go. Awesome. So I just read Gone Girl. Oh, oh, you finished it. Oh, my gosh. Did it not make you so uncomfortable? Yes. It's so stressful. It's so stressful. And so I, you know, I have this mantra that I do not see movies of books that I haven't read, if I can at all help it. The exception. Are you going to watch the movie? I don't know if I can. I know. I'm like, it's so stressful. I don't think I want to see no that. Oh, it's like um the girl with the dragon tattoo series. Oh, I could not see those movies, but I and I barely got through those books. Good gracious! I only read the first one, and then I was like, you know, there's enough real violence against women in the world. I just can't. But this was one of the points of the author, which I appreciate. Like this stuff happens. Yes. And I mean, maybe this is part of. Gillian Flynn's thing is too is that this this kind of thing happens like they are crazy people in the world so <laughs> did you watch um high school music no 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 what is it glee yes where in the first season no spoilers this first season it's like years and years and years ago you mean with the wife yes who, who faked <laughs> having the baby yeah being pregnant that's yes. what it, that's that's what kept being in my mind and I was like there are these crazy people in the world 
Yep, they exist. And then, I mean, it's interesting to, like, think about Gone Girl from the standpoint of the unreliable narrator. If you if you want oh, a case yeah. study in the unreliable narrator, you should read Gone Girl because as you're reading it, you're like, I don't, I don't believe what I'm reading or I don't know who to trust because everybody's telling me something different and it's freaking me out. Also, the dual narrator. Yeah. Which is really popular in fiction now. Yes. Okay, so now I'm reading hmm, um, a compilation of short stories by a local author from Western North Carolina named Ron Rash. And they're called. It's called Chemistry. It's really nice. good. He wrote uh, Selena. Yeah, you've talked about Ron Rash on here before because I, I he's, name. And he shows up. Um, you know, I've gone to hear him read, and he's he's a writing instructor at a local college. He's just very talented. I think. Talk about prolific. And you know what he says? I think we've talked about this here before. He says he gets up every morning and he goes to a coffee shop and he puts his pen... He uh, he sits down with his cup of coffee, he opens his notebook, and he uncaps his pen and he puts his pen to that paper. And he sits there until words come out. As long Mm -hmm. as it takes. Until words come out. Nice. So that's what you should do. Sit there until words come out. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So, we do have an opportunity for you to join the Thinking Out Loud tribe. I haven't even told Elizabeth this, but um, Thinking Religion, Thomas and and Sam have tried out this little thing, and I think we should do it too. They have a group, a Thinking Religion group on Facebook. Ah, that's interesting. We should totally do that. So, we are going to create a Thinking Out Loud group that you are welcome to join. It will not be a public group, but it will be a pi- private group. So you can join. You can get some encouragement for writing. You can share even perhaps some of your, you know, the things that you find inspiring. Writing articles, what you're reading. Yeah, if you want to do that, we would love to have you. But first, you have to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Elizabeth already told you where to find her at Elizabeth Kaufman author or writing refinery you can also find me at harrelson press on facebook harrelsonpress.com Ooh, and harrelson press is getting a big old makeover i'm really excited yay the website it's time it's time or you can find me on twitter at harrelson press so let us know or you can tweet us at thinking.fm let us know if you want to join the facebook group and we would love to have you. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what's going to go on in that group? Maybe sparkly dresses. All kinds dress. of shenanigans. Maybe All sparkly dresses karaoke. Maybe that's yeah. something that only the Facebook group gets to see. <laughs> Not everybody. Well, I'm glad to be back with you. I missed you last week. I missed you too. And it was great to see you standing with a published book in your hand that had your story in it. Yeah. Congratulations, friend. That's a big, big deal. Thank you. Can I have your autograph? <laughs> Maybe, if you're lucky. Oh, you're supposed to say, if you buy my book. Come on now. <laughs> we got to work on that. Okay. <laughs> buy my book. All right, I can't wait to hear about Camp NaNoWriMo next week and all the other shenanigans. Yes. Bye. Bye.